everybody. Welcome back to Not Another Wellness Podcast, a place where we dive headfirst into all things health and wellness, and where we also work to destigmatize wellness and help you realize how attainable living well can be. I'm Natalie Dellinger, the host of the podcast and the voice behind the Naturally Nomadic Instagram page where I share bits of my wellness journey with all of you. And thanks for being here. So today's episode number 37 is about adaptogenic coffee alternatives and specifically Rasa coffee. So I want you to think for a moment about your coffee habit. Does coffee work for you? How does your body respond to coffee? So think about that for a second. Does coffee make you feel jittery, anxious, or irritable? Because it's pretty common. And did you know there are coffee alternatives out there to support our body's natural energy state? Yeah, I didn't know either, but I came across Rasa a few months ago. And I wanted to interview Lopa, the CEO and founder of Rasa Coffee, so I could share all this wonderful knowledge with all of you. The Rasa formula is packed with great tasting herbs that provide lasting energy, nourishing your adrenals rather than taxing them like coffee does. Can't wait for you guys to hear all about adaptogens, how adaptogens can help us respond to stress better, what coffee does to our body, and Lopa's favorite way to make a Rasa latte. Enjoy! Oh, wait, one more thing. If you could hop on over to iTunes, if that's where you listen to podcasts and leave me a rating and review, I would be so, so grateful. In fact, so grateful that I want to read one of the reviews on the show today. This review is from a couple of days ago and it says, love it. I have loved learning new things that are so relevant to my daily life through listening to Natalie's podcast. She offers great insight on a wide variety of topics. Thank you so much. That really means the most, uh, just makes me smile. Like you can probably hear it in my voice. I really appreciate the feedback. So without further ado, here's episode number 37. Hey everybody, welcome to Not Another Wellness Podcast. Today on the call or on the interview is Lopa Vandermersch, founder and CEO of Rasta Coffee. Hey Lopa, it's so nice to meet you finally. Hey, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, just before, just to kind of set the tone, I have these intention cards that I'm going to be shuffling. Um, so just tell me when to stop. I'm going to read one for you and I'll set our intention for the call. Great. Okay, so the one I pulled um, for you is joy is the ultimate creator. Hmm, I love that. Yeah, and then the one I got was, it says, thank you universe for helping me see beyond the limits of fear. Thank you for expanding my perceptions that I can see what is of the highest good. General question of what lights you up? What is the thing that like gets you out of bed in the morning? Uh, my kids. <laughs> um, both literally and figuratively, they really light me up. Um, and, um, yeah, I would say that's, that is the, the start of it. But, um, I'm also one of those people, I'm just like really pretty happy to be alive. Um, and life itself and the opportunity to be alive lights me up. And, um, you know, I'm sure I'll wax poetic a lot about this during the interview, but, um, I, I really feel like adaptogens help that they kind of take the edge off of like all the weariness and intensity of life and just make it like, ah, it's a good day to be here. Diving into Rasa in general, I'd love to hear just a little bit of your background and how Rasa came to be, like what brought you to starting this company? Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's one of those those things that you can kind of look at your entire life and and say like, wow, it all came together in this one moment. Um, but uh, some of my background, um, I uh, studied Ayurveda a bit, um, mostly as an enthusiast as opposed to like, you know, studious study per se. Um, and um, studied or, or it was, I had a lot of health issues and so I was drawn to alternative healing um, Ayurveda was uh, a great mainstay for me and all of that. And, um, spent a lot of my twenties, um, meditating and doing retreats and also, um, helping to start some companies in a space called biochar, um, which is a uh, charcoal that's added to soil that drastically improves soil quality, but also sequesters carbon long-term in the soil. And, um, so it's, it's seen as a potential solution to climate change. Um, so that was, um, I had a, a little bit of an entrepreneurial background there, but it was never kind of at the helm of a company. Um, and then I had my first son, I have two boys now, and um, when he, my first one was about four months old. I was exhausted. Um, it was uh, also happened to be one of the most stressful years of my life. And um, so I was just kind of really worn thin and it was a time when most moms would, you know, I, I like culturally, like moms just go to coffee, like, oh, just drink coffee. That's what's going to get you through. Um, but coffee has never really worked for me. Um, and my experience with Ayurveda also, you know, had me know and understand that coffee wasn't going to solve the underlying issues. So um, I had checked out most of the coffee alternatives on the market before, um, and thought to myself, you know, like surely someone has by now created like the ultimate coffee alternative that I am going to be an avid user of. Um, and it's going to have, give you energy and have amazing health benefits and have a ton of great herbs in there and be delicious. Um, and it didn't exist. Um, and so I decided to create it like a doofus. I started a business with a five month old, um, <laughs> and, um, and just had another baby and essentially like hard launch for us. when my second was a few weeks old, um, not how I intended things to go, but just how things often go in business. Um, so, um, yeah, have, have not looked back. I'm all in on this now. Yeah. It's cool that like you kind of tested the market and we're like, there's not much that's going to do all of those things and check all those boxes. Let me just make it. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, did you, were you familiar? I know you said the, you have a little bit of a Ayurvedic background, so you were obviously a little familiar with like the mushrooms and adaptogens from that, but how much did it take um, to get really all the information and formulate the exact recipe that you ended up going with? I did not formulate the recipe. I put that in the hands of a qualified, experienced herbalist um, because um, if, you know, I, I think that's really important. Um, you know, I think there, there's a lot of businesses out there that like get excited about certain ingredients and just think like, oh, I'll throw that into a mix and and people will take it and it'll be great. Um, but that's um, also, you know, potentially not the best way to go about things. And um, herbalists, you know, study this and study the effects on the body and study the synergies between the herbs. And I think that's really important. I'm an herbal enthusiast. Um, I love herbs and have for a long time and taking adaptogens since way before they were cool. Um, and when it comes to, um, you know, creating something that you're going to suggest that other people take even on a daily basis, um, it just felt like 
absolutely put this in the hands of like an expert. So um, she formulated the um, the recipe and uh, she brought together herbs from Chinese medicine, Ayurveda and Western herbalism, um, seven adaptogens and a bunch of prebiotics. Um, so they have a lot of inulin, which is the uh, what your what your probiotics feed off of. So it helps to maintain a healthy gut flora balance. Um, and um, yeah, she 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 crafted the formula, and I've I've spent the last few years just falling in love with and, and continually being made amazed at the genius of what she put together. Because as I've been in this business, I'm of course learning more and more, um, and just realizing like wow, like it's balanced from the Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic perspective. The warming herbs are balanced with cooling herbs and the um, drying herbs are balanced with moistening herbs. The energizing herbs are balanced with grounding herbs. Um, and then, you know, you've got short-term energy herbs and long-term energy herbs and longevity tonics and it supports digestion and immune system. And of course, you know, stress resilience. I mean, it's just really a phenomenal blend of herbs. Um, so she did a great job. High five to Jamie Manty is her name. She's a wonderful human. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, yeah, we need those uh, those experts because it definitely takes a village, I think, sometimes to get all the information into place. But yeah, it's so true. Like that point about, especially in the wellness industry, people are so eager to jump right in and try all the latest products and think everything is going to kind of cure them. And you see it showing up all over the shelves and it's hard to know and it hard it if you don't really self-educate or really know which companies have actually done the work, like as you have obviously and gotten someone who really knew what they were doing and, and what synergistic effects these herbs would have together and, and really be safe. Like that's a huge, that's a huge confidence in the company. Cause I know that it doesn't exist everywhere, unfortunately, but um, yeah. um, just to touch on the herbs, would you mind naming the, the seven adaptogenic ones? Sure, sure. So we've got Eleuthero, Shatavari, Ashwagandha, Codonopsis, Hushawu, Eleuthero, Shatavari, Ashwagandha, Codonopsis, Hushawu, um, Reishi, and who am I forgetting? Uh, Rhodiola. And I will add, um, just as a note in there, people might look at our um, list and say, what chaga is an adaptogen? Actually, chaga is not. Um, and um, we are pretty sticklers about another thing that is happening in the wellness world is what we've dubbed adaptogen washing, um, where a company will just slap the name adaptogen on an herb. Um, and I don't think this is like something malicious at all. I think they just don't know and haven't really looked into the science behind adaptogens, but there is science behind adaptogens. There's very real reasons why some herbs are called adaptogens and others aren't. And chaga has not indicated adaptogenic properties, um, but it is often labeled as an adaptogen. Yeah. Interesting. And an adaptogen, definitely correct me if I'm wrong, from my understanding of it is it's an ability for it to kind of meet your body where it's at and kind of balance instead of like creating this effect, more of like bringing into balance if you're um, stressed out or like low, it gives you energy versus, or, you know, kind of brings you back down. Is that, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a um a good a good way to look at adaptogens. Um and there's there's a lot of specifics that go into why and how they work in that way. Um but you know some of the, the, the key criteria for an adaptogen is they have to be non-toxic in normal therapeutic doses. Um they have to 
offer a non-specific state of resistance in the body. So they resist a wide variety of physical stressors holistically, systemically throughout your body. Um, so it's not like they just work on the liver per se or the digestive system. They work um, full system and um, have a normalizing effect on bodily function. So um, just like we were talking about helping that balance, um, you can call it the Goldilocks effect. It just helps your body to maintain homeostasis and find that sweet spot for your body. Yeah. And and can you touch on why like coffee doesn't do that? I know on your website, I was just reading, um, you know, coffee taxes your adrenals. And I know that's a phrase I've heard and like some people might understand, but from your experience, realizing coffee wasn't for you, can you talk through like how it made you feel and maybe like why you decided to move to an alternative? Sure. I, so I'm one of those people that coffee is just like not really a great fit for. Um, that said, we now have a, a coffee product that has the Rasa formula in it. So it's Rasa and coffee. And I actually can tolerate that um, quite well. It actually is great for me. I had some this morning. I love it. Um, so um, it's cool to find that there actually is a coffee that my body can handle. But most coffee, like if I just go and have a coffee at a coffee shop or make some, make some French press or drip coffee or whatever, um, I will feel jittery anxious, um, irritable, uh, usually affects my sleep. Um, it's just not worth it. Um, often it hurts my stomach. Um, it's like there's plenty, plenty of reason for me to not do it. Um, the, the reward is just not worth what it's not even a risk. Like it just, this is what happens, um, for my body. Um, and, uh, coffee is a central nervous system stimulant. So, um, it basically, you know, it has one action on the nervous system. It revs you up. Um, and, um, it does actually cause a cortisol release from the adrenals. So, um, it puts your body into a fight or flight response. Um, and, but instead of that happening from a legitimate stressor, um, it's actually happening from coffee. And the way that that impacts different people is going to be different. Now, some people, that's actually going to be a great thing, and it's going to be a balancing thing. Um, if you look at it from the Ayurvedic perspective, um, people who are more of a kapha type, um, and I'm not sure how much you or your listeners have experience with Ayurveda, um, so I'm happy to define. I'm definitely an enthusiast of Ayurveda, but yeah. Okay. Um, I understand that there's like three main uh, body types and the kapha would be just more grounded um, energy of a person. So less flighty and stressed out and more kind of slow, like not slow moving, but sort of grounded earthy. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're like the, the relaxed, you know, like some of the most wonderful people to be around and coffee can be a great ally for, for that body type. Someone who's strictly kapha, um, uh, because they're, you know, the way that their nervous system operates, you know, a little kick is actually a great thing for them. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, many others, it's going to have, you know, different kinds of effects. Um, and, and many of us just get attenuated to the coffee experience and use it to override our body's actual signals. Um, and so that's part of what I'm passionate about is, is, you know, through Rasa, through adaptogens, people are able to actually get in touch with their natural energy state and their natural energy drive. And I sort of um, feel like it's analogous to your hunger drive. Like it sometimes in our culture, which, you know, dieting and then indulgence and people can yo-yo all all over the place. um, It can be hard to find and get in touch with your natural hunger cues. And in the same way, I feel like it's really important for people to be aware of their natural energy cues and not um, kind of go into a binge and purge cycle in that way as well, where you're, you know, 
coffee and then you collapse and then, you know. Um, yeah, like sugar and more caffeine and just ways exactly. to bring your up. I just love that point so much because I think this is just speaking from my own experience with coffee is it's so normalized and it's taken me a long time to even ask the question to myself, like, is this making me feel good? I feel like I have to have it. It's at the office. It's socially so acceptable and I love coffee, but I definitely started to kind of take note of different things. And, and it's, I just think it's a good point to bring everyone to that point of like, how are you actually feeling? Is this actually working for you? Just because it works for everyone doesn't make it right fit. Um, And just like tune in a little bit. Like, how are you feeling emotionally? Do you feel jittery or is it upsetting your stomach? Like that, you know, I think some people are kind of blind to those side effects sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And to really tune into like, are you in an addictive relationship? Is this codependent or is this a healthy relationship? And I feel like um, part of what I really hope for for people is to have a relationship to coffee on their terms. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm not necessarily anti-coffee, you know, like I, like I said, I had some this morning, we have a rasa, a dirty rasa that has coffee in it, 50% coffee. Um, you know, it's, it's more about having a relationship to coffee that's on your terms. So you're not just in an addictive cycle, but you are like, Oh, you know, I want the extra boost today. That sounds great, but I don't need it tomorrow necessarily. Or I might have it three days in a row and then I might not have it for a week. And, you know, and just so that, so that you're free in that relationship um, and and not bound by it. Yes. Oh my gosh. I've been thinking about this so much on my own, just in general. So I'm just glad to hear it come from you too. Um, I'm like, do I actually need this in my life? Or like, who's owning who here? Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Who's totally. drinking <laughs> Right. And just to the rasa itself, I have both the original and the cacao and I love the cacao one. Um, I'm a little, cause I just love the flavor of cacao. It's like just mm-hmm. you know, my preference, but yeah, I know that is, <laughs> that is energizing. Cacao in general has a little bit of caffeine, but how does it compare in terms of strength, I guess? A cup of cacao rasa has five milligrams of caffeine. Um, so that's about one twentieth, a normal five ounce, a standard five ounce cup of coffee. Um, so that's um standard five ounce cup of coffee. It, it ranges quite a bit depending on the type of coffee and the roast and all these different things. But um, a general rule of thumb is that one five ounce cup of coffee has a hundred milligrams of caffeine. Um, very few people wow. actually just drink five ounces of coffee. Um, most people <laughs> yeah. drink eight or 12 or more. Um, but I think it is like, you know, important to note, this is like one of the things that the coffee industry just kind of like, I think, it just like it slips into the mail like, oh yeah, it's a five ounce cup of coffee. Oh yeah, hundred milligrams. Oh, you know, and then people don't really think like, oh wait, I just had like a sixteen ounce cup. That's yeah, like a venti. Three hundred milligrams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so, but most of the energy that you get from from cacao actually comes from theobromine, um, and not actually the caffeine. It's a you know very small amount of caffeine that that's ultimately in, in cacao. Um, yeah. Theobromine is very uplifting. Um, it's a little bit euphoric. Um, definitely a mood booster and um, um, yeah and there's just kind of these trace trace amounts of coffee caffeine cool Uh, my next little question for you kind of has to do with your Instagram stories so um, and it comes down to how you prepare rasa and how how some how you can prepare it I usually uh, or have seen your videos where it's kind of like a fast forward video and you're preparing the rasa and then you put it in the blender and 
kind of like stretch or do whatever. So can you talk to a little bit about the options for preparing um, Rasa and what's the, what's your preferred method? Rasa is a canvas and you, the artist come to create um, <laughs> in the Rasa realm. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's sort of how I relate to it. Um, there's a lot of flavors that go very well with it. And I enjoy being really creative and coming up with recipes, which is something that delights me. Um, I don't get much time to cook these days um, with the two little ones and the business. So um, I sort of let some of my creative cooking come out in, in Rasa. Um, that said, and, you know, so it can be as complicated as you want or as simple as you want. You know, like most people prefer it with something creamy. Um, I myself am one of those people, like I would not rather just not even have coffee or black, standard black tea um, if I don't have cream. Um, some people like it, but, you know, 65% of coffee drinkers take theirs with cream. So same with rasa. Um, so that's really simple, you know, whatever plant milk or cow milk or whatever you want to use. Um and then, um, but you can also get it super complex. Um, I enjoy blending healthy fats into it. So like MCT oil um, or a little ghee um, or um, what are some, coconut oil is another one. Cacao butter is another great one to blend in there. Um, and then you can also add spices and or other adaptogenic powders and herbs and, you know, just kind of get as creative as you want. We have a bunch of recipes on our blog, um, a lot of them created by our community. Um, one of my favorite recent ones is cacao cardamom lavender. Um, just really amazing with a little date, um, some cacao powder. Wow. Um, for a little bit of uh, extra cacao boost, um, a little cardamom, some lavender, a touch of vanilla extract. Really, really delicious that way. Um, and, um, but, you know, I always encourage you to kind of go with the seasons a little bit. Um, it's it's springtime. So, you know, actually going more towards the bitter uh, original rasa on, it own, on its own, as well as cacao rasa, um, both have bitter notes. Um, coffee is also bitter. It's one of the few bitter things in our society that that our culture actually our culture actually likes. Coffee and cacao are the two main things. Um, a bitter bitter taste that people tolerate. Otherwise, we we don't tend to like bitter very much um, as as a culture anyway. I love bitter personally, um, but um, you know, it, more accentuating those bitter flavors and getting more bitters in um, in the summer. Going for more cooling things like adding mint, um, a mint mocha with with rasa is really delicious. Um, so, you know, you can have a lot of fun with it. Basically any flavor that would go well with coffee. Um, that's it. And, and even things that don't go so well with coffee cause, cause the rasa has a, a slightly like less overpowering flavor in that way. Um, most things except for, I'm trying to think if there's anything that like wouldn't really go well. Um, I know there are, but um, a lot of like fruit flavors don't tend to mix well unless you have something else to kind of bridge the fruit flavor with the rasa flavor. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I have definitely, I, I'm really glad to hear you have recipes on your blog. I didn't know that. And um, I've seen just like beautiful pictures that you've reposted from your community, uh, people just getting really creative. And I love like that ritual around coffee. And so it's nice to have an alternative that isn't going to stress your adrenals or necessarily make you jittery if you're someone that's prone to that and has all these other amazing benefits. And then you can add in these other great, like kind of fats, like you said, or oils or um, creams just to make it this the same kind of uh, coffee ritual. I think that's important for 
Yeah, and we do also have people that say, you know, like the first cup, we thought it, you know, it was a little too much, and then, you know, like the second cup or third cup, I was craving it. Um, so, you know, your palate adjusts a little bit. A lot of people don't like their first sip of coffee or their first sip of beer. Um, That's so true. It, yeah, it can, it can be an acquired taste. I mean, we get tons of people who just love it right away. Um, but I would say, you know, generally, I recommend starting with something creamy. Um, if you're not really accustomed to bitter, maybe add a little sweetener. Um, and um and then you know go from there cool and is there anyone who rasa isn't approved for um if you have specific health concerns are on intense medication or um are pregnant pregnant or breastfeeding then it is always a good idea to talk with your doctor we get all sorts of questions about like rasa and the herbs and rasa talk to an herbalist because that's somebody that's going to have um you know a specific glimpse into many different health issues as well as actually understanding how these herbs will interact with those health issues um so that said um Again, rasa was formulated to be safe and nourishing for most people. I drink it through my pregnancy and through breastfeeding both my boys. And that's, you know, related to my comfort level and what feels right to me. Um, some people don't. Um, it, it, it has not been tested for safety with the FDA. And that's, you know, a multi-hundred thousand dollar um, undertaking. So it probably won't be anytime soon. It's from the traditions that rasa comes from. Um, it is, it would be safe. It would be considered safe, um, for most pregnancies and breastfeeding. Um, but you always have to listen to your body too. Like if it, you know, if it feels like it's not working for your body, it's probably not. (laughs) Um, um, you know, just, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of people, um, trusting the wisdom of their body. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good message to send home. Um, where can people find out more if they're curious? Yeah. Um, so we're at, we are rasa.com and, um, our Instagram is at we are rasa and our Facebook is rasa coffee, um, coffee with a K and we're eventually going to change that to we are rasa, but there's some like weird technicalities that we're working through. <laughs> so we are mostly an e-commerce business. Um, we are in about a hundred stores across the country. Um, and we have a store locator. If you scroll down to the very bottom of our page in the footer, there's a store locator link there. Um, um, otherwise we're always on our website and Amazon. Um, we're in Erewhon in LA and Alfalfa's and Lucky's here in Boulder. Um, but we're really pretty focused on um, going direct. It's just a, from a business perspective, it's a much simpler business to get stabilized and, and healthy as a business um, before taking on an incredible undertaking of, um, of going beyond that. Well, it seems like you're growing and the word is spreading. And um, I just been so grateful that I could interview you. I've been wanting to since I had my first sip uh, a couple months ago now. And um, I think it was, just, it was a good little introduction. You know, a lot of people ask me, like, what, what are these adaptogenic mushrooms? And it's nice to be able to, like, pass them over to your website and then this podcast just for a little intro. So I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for speaking with us about this. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Natalie.